Oh, man. It is so good to be back. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, if you're new, I've been living in Ghana the past eight months, um, just working with LifeSpring over there, uh, just witnessing some amazing things that God's doing. Uh, so I got back a week ago, and today I'm just going to tell you all about what God's doing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it is a special day. I didn't realize. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody, or all the fathers. Um, I don't know. It's just so cool to be here. Um, feel the, just the loving community that sent me out. I thought about you guys a lot. Um, I do want to start and just thank you guys for all the support um, that was over there. Not only the financial support, but um, there are a lot of times that I just, I felt your prayers. Um, if you guys, a lot of you remember the Sunday before I left, you guys filled out uh, these little prayer cards for me, um, and I can't tell you how many times those encouraged me, they kept me going strong. Um, you guys just set a great example for me in my time here before I went. So thank you guys, I love you, and I just want to pray before we get into it, so if you bow your heads. Uh, well, Lord Jesus, we just come before you today. God, um, we love you. We thank you for all you've done for us. We, we thank you for what you're doing halfway across the world. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here um, in Edgewood. God, I just ask that you would uh, speak to our hearts today. Uh, just open our eyes and ears. And just through these testimonies of all the things that you're doing, I just ask you would speak to us, change our lives, uh, challenge us, and encourage us. Yes, so in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I just want to start out, kind of update you on uh, two of the, the big uh, ministries that we have going on over there. I got some slideshows. Um, so if we can just play that first video, and um, then I'll talk about, this is the medical clinic. There's no sound, but um, you'll just see the work that they're doing over there. The, this room that they're going to go into, uh, that's kind of the office part where they'll accept all the uh, patients, and then they'll head back through this hallway and go um, be diagnosed in those rooms. Uh, it's the prenatal clinic, but a lot of what we were doing um, was just building that clinic. Uh, when we first got there, it's just an empty room, no paint on the walls, uh, just bare floor. So a lot of what we did um, was that sort of just building those dividers, painting the walls. We built all the furniture, got a lot of the paperwork stuff, um, like filling out receipts, um, getting a lot of that done. And then where we're at right now, just to give you a, an update, is we have a list of all the supplies we need. Um, they got the last donation, and they're putting in the order. So everything inside is done and ready. They are just going to order the supplies, and that thing's going to be up and running. We'll get some pictures sent over as soon as they open and take their first patient. So you guys will see that um, as it comes in. But that, just seeing God put all that together um, was amazing because, um, like you saw those workers, those are people from the church, so we were able to kind of pay them to do some of the work. They were just pumped to do this. It was so cool seeing everybody get behind that vision uh, that started here carried over there. There's just so much joy um, in not only the church, but the lives of just people in that community. You could really see it and feel it. Um, so that medical clinic was the first one. And then next, um, we had the orphanage. So we got a bunch of pictures of that, too. Um, I w first, I want to tell you a cool story, though. Um, before I went to Ghana, I had the opportunity to go to Honduras for two weeks um, on just a short-term mission before I actually came over here for the internship. And I had um, a lady pray for me and speak this word, this prophecy over me. I had no idea really what it meant at the time. I had no idea how it was going to play out. Uh, but the main point of this word she spoke over me was that I was going to go in to the enemy's territory and build a dwelling place. 
And, oh man, I, I wasn't even thinking about it during the internship. It hit me after I arrived in Ghana. Um, but for me to just see this, um, Pastor Dan had a better uh, perspective. He saw it go from just a plot of land to what we have now. Um, but when we went over there, even this picture is a little later. There's about three uh, like layers of bricks when we got there. So as we go through these, uh, you see them getting closer and closer to the roof. And then this next picture is about where we're at now. Uh, they finished that whole roof. The only thing that's left are doors and windows. Oh, and they just have to cover the floor. Uh, but the cool story about this is Amos, one of the guys at our church, um, his plan is to live there and uh, farm the land. Um, right now, it's, we just bought a plot of land, and there's a big vision for the future of this land. This one is going to be the caretaker's house. So we got a guy who's going to live there, kind of work the land. Uh, he'll be there during the construction of the rest of the buildings. So eventually, the goal is to have a school, another clinic after this one does well, the dormitories for um, any orphans that they're able to bring in. In the next slide, you'll kind of see, so the layout will be on the right. That's how many buildings he wants to build over there. Um, and this plan, it's, it's going to last a lot longer than any of us, any of us that's for sure. Uh, but this one, that paperwork on the left, that just shows that we um, have full ownership of the land. Uh, it it kind of shows the, uh, the plan for the electricity coming in, um, but it, there's a lot involved with uh, getting land in your name. We actually had to just start working the land first um, and then kind of show them our progress, uh, bring them money, and then we had uh, the chief sign off. But all that to say, this paperwork right here, nobody can stop what we're doing. Nobody can have anything to say against what we're building. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, it, seeing the growth of both of these ministries has just encouraged me a whole lot. Um, I want you guys to know, too, that this church, you guys are prayed for every day that I was over there. They were so thankful that they had people that they don't even know, just loving on them, not only with money, but just with, they knew people were praying for them. They knew they sent somebody over there, and they just could feel that love and support. Um, and each time that we would send these updates, we would announce it at church, I, oh, we're sending this back, and they would always just say, oh, we'll send our greetings. Almost every church member came to me and just said, send my greetings to the church back home. Send my greetings. I want them to know that we care about them. We're so thankful. Um, and these things, I just hope they fill you up and uh, really encourage what you guys have done these past eight months as a church. Uh, it has changed the lives of a lot of people, um, and the future is bright. The future is very bright. We've given them such a good start um, to really just take the reins by themselves. Um, as soon as this clinic's open, um, that's going to get them on their feet. It's going to provide support for not only the family, but the church. Um, and then like I told you about Amos, that guy, that's God working in his life. Um, that's a plan for him to go live in the caretaker's house, to farm the land. Um, it's just so cool seeing two groups of people uh, just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and come together and just have these, these ministries just flourish. It was, I was so thankful to just see, be the bridge between those two and see that. Um, so those, like I said, those are the two big ministries that this church has been supporting. And I did kind of rush through those quick because I want to get to all the times that God uh, showed up in ways that I didn't expect or we didn't expect. And I just hope uh, it encourages you guys because there's some sweet testimonies. But I want to surprise you guys with another ministry 
um, that I didn't see coming that um, we kind of planned a little bit. Uh, this will be the next pictures. It's the, the soccer team. So, yeah. So this is about 25% of the boys that we have on the soccer team now. This was the first day. Um, so these guys showed up. Um, it obviously spread through word of mouth because the next day I think we had like 35 or 40 boys. So that's where they're practicing. Uh, that guy in the green, cool story about him, he's, so he's our coach. He actually is a referee for the Ghana Football Association. Um, and he was going to the church uh, before Pastor Dan and I got there. Um, but as soon as the jerseys were donated, this guy kind of stepped up and said, Hey, well, I know how to coach uh, soccer players. So he offered to do it. We kind of told him, like, we don't really have the money to pay you a whole lot. We'll help you when we can. Uh, but this is going to be something that uh, you're volunteering for. Um, and that over there, um, it's not easy to hear. Um, when Over there, if you kind of provide a service or do a favor, it's pretty uh, normal to receive payment for that. But we, we had to tell this guy, like, look, we just can't really afford to pay every time. He said, no worries. I think this is what God's working here. Um, I know he'll provide for me. I won't be lacking in anything. So this guy showed up about three days a week uh, to just help these kids learn soccer. He's got an in with the football association. So if you guys know um, like what shadow is, uh, it's basically the Ghana equivalent of that. So he, by the end of this year, the goal is to get the team registered. They'll be playing against other churches, against other clubs. That was just amazing to see that explode. That one, we had no idea what we were doing. It just came at us so fast. Like I said, we almost had about 40 kids that wanted to join the soccer. We actually had to have tryouts. We thought we were just going to like beg people to join, but that was just so cool. And then in the last picture, some of the younger guys um, were helping, uh, like being assistant coaches. Um, but it really gave us an opportunity to go out into the community and just invite young people to the church. Um, I want to just kind of echo what Pastor Dan was saying about the young people. That not only is that, uh, the goal here now, or something that God's doing here, over in Ghana too, we kind of saw that where we had a lot of young children and a lot of people about over 40. We we're kind of lacking in that mid-range, but um, it was obvious when God was bringing not only the jerseys, we had footballs and pumps, we got some cones, but as soon as God was providing these things, we saw this huge opportunity to invite youth to the church, and our youth exploded right after this. We saw so many people just from the market we were in um, curious about the team, coming to hang out for our youth group, uh, playing some ping pong. Uh, that's another cool story. I think it's in the next picture. Yes, so this one, uh, another cool story of God working here and then and blessing us over in Ghana. So um, they, in the past, I think about one or two years ago, they had a ping pong table. And this was just told to me in passing by someone in the church. Like, oh yeah, I used to play table tennis. Uh, we used to have one, and it really brought in the youth. And I was like, oh, man. I was on the phone with my mom, and I told her, yeah, I love playing table tennis. And they kind of told us that they had one in the past. It was really working for the youth. And my mom, she didn't tell me anything, but she's like, oh, okay, hung up the phone. And then she's over in Spokane. She talked to some of my friends, some of the people she knows, and took up a donation and said, we're going to buy that church a ping pong table. Um, another cool story. She... Uh, my mom and my sister came to visit me um, about, what, a month, month and a half before I left. I didn't know my sister was coming. It was the most amazing day of my life. She surprised me over in Africa. I was so full of joy. I'll never forget that moment in my life. 
Um, but they brought over this money. We bought the ping pong table, and it was just another avenue for us to just bring in the youth in our market, um, and it worked. We, we had some, uh, some young guys step up to lead the youth group. Again, we started with nothing. Uh, as far as youth goes, we didn't really have any leaders. We didn't have anybody invested in it, um, but just that one act of kindness from Spokane, Washington, the home of Father's Day, um, <laughs> it, it just it brought such an amazing gift uh, to the people of Ghana. Um, yeah, and I think the next picture is one of my mother. Oh, yes, yeah, so this is a video. This, I, I was so, 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 so happy. Um, I asked my mom to prepare something for the women's ministry, and if you guys know her, that is such a big step for her. She was so nervous, so worried, but she prepared something. She shared it with this group, and I still think that the group encouraged her and my sister more than they did them, but it was just so amazing seeing these groups interact, and that was a little gift for you guys at the end there. Um, but even just in that week that they were there, um, we saw God moving big time, not only in the hearts of my mom and my sister, um, but in that uh, women's ministry. Again, they're just so excited that somebody would come all the way from the U.S., prepare a message, speak to them for maybe an hour. They just, every time, they're so thankful, so full of the Spirit, just feeling the Lord uh, just bless them in ways that they wouldn't have received before. I am just so, so pumped by you guys and your willingness to just listen to God um, because just personally, I couldn't help but think about it all the time. I'm not a very qualified missionary, you know? I'd never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing, but um, Pastor Danny took a step, um, a big risk with me, um, but I'm forever thankful for that because not only did God change my life, he changed the life of that church over there through you guys, and I'm standing here. I'm just hoping that I can encourage you in any way I can. Um, yeah, praise the Lord. God changes lives, that's for sure. Um, but I want to show you the next picture. So this church, uh, you guys know the... If you've heard the names before, um, the church that I was staying at is in Accra, in Ghana, which is uh, kind of right by the coast. Uh, it's a real big city. That's where our church is. But this one is actually about 300 miles north. Uh, they recently joined LifeSpring. They were a church before. Um, they came and met with us. Pastor Dan, I think, was lecturing one of the first times he was there and met that man in the green, Dr. Morris. He, um, such a good guy. He used to be in the military um, his, I'm just going to share his testimony with you, I guess. He was in the military. He got uh, drunk all the time, uh, just was not following the Lord. In his words, he was a womanizer, just living in the world. Um, and one, guy, or one time, um, at some point in his military career, a man came up to him and said, I think you're going to be a pastor one day. And this, he said he pulled his gun on him and said, I'm going to break your legs. What did you say to me? And just he, the, the story is hilarious, but he said from there, uh, from that time going, he just heard God's voice, not only through people, but just um, in times of, I don't know, um, reaching out to God. He said, well, maybe I should give this thing a chance. Um, and from there, he continued his education, a very smart man, and felt God call him to start a church, um, and that led him to Pastor Dan. So me and Amos up on the top left, he was from Accra also. He's technically a missionary now. We went up to the other church. This was at a revival um, they're quite a bit bigger than the church in Accra. This is just their choir. Um, they have about, I think he said 80 to 100 people, about 30 children every week. 
So, and when we first got there, it was not that size. God has been growing that church um, in so many ways. And just to go up there, the, the revival was titled The Power of Praises and Worship. And I'll tell you what, this morning, I, like, I was reminded of this revival here. I was so filled up by the worship this morning. It was amazing. But to see God move um, in a way that I wasn't used to, that we're not used to, I should have got a video because it was awesome. Uh, they're dancing around, they're shouting and singing, but um, God is moving up in that church too. Um, not only in our life spring, but he's spreading out everywhere. We've, had, we've been having meetings of people who want to join life spring. They want to get on board, do what we're doing. It's obvious they can see that the Spirit of God is moving in the leaders of that church. Um, and so that's been amazing to see and witness. And again, God is still moving over in Ghana. Just, I'm, I'm back home. We don't have anybody over there, but that doesn't mean God's done working. He's spreading out. He's growing uh, churches. But not only that, he's changing hearts. He's changing lives. People are growing closer to him. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited. I can't believe that I'm standing here now. I just get to share all these stories with you. It's quite a bit different uh, than over in Ghana. Don't have a microphone, no translator. I'm free. Um, yeah, I, I got a few more people I want to talk to you about, though. Um, I think we have some more pictures. Oh, yeah, that's the big man there. Uh, that's Reverend Maxwell. So this, um, talking about fathers, my goodness, this guy, um, I got to spend time with him every day. He's so wise. He just poured into me the times that I was there. Um, he's just this, yeah, this wise old man that loves the Lord. Um, he's surrendered to him. He follows his voice when he hears it. And um, <laughs> this picture is actually pretty funny. It was after my, uh, my appreciation service. I'm officially ordained as a missionary in Ghana. So that pumped me up. That was a, I'll never forget that. But as you can see, I got the stylish gear. I couldn't wear it today. I couldn't bring myself to do it. But maybe one day I'll come back and I will wear the robe for you guys. But this guy, um, like he sent me an email. He's, he was so thankful um, that we're working over there. Um, again, he's the guy with the vision. Like when you saw the, the layout um, of the plot of land he has, He's just so full of hope that God is going to provide all these things, and it challenged me and it encouraged me, because again, these things are going to outlast him by a long time, but he's just like, no, this is what God's doing, this is what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it, but that's not for me to know or figure out, and just his faith, the faith over there is so, so challenging, um, but it's so, it, it really pumps you up and fills you with that hope. He sees what God wants to do has no idea how he's going to do it, but just trusts it. He hears his voice. He doesn't discount it at all. Um, for me personally, and I think just over here, we're real good at um, coming up with excuses for things that God says. I know I do that all the time. Um, I did it on my, before I was going to Ghana. I did it in Ghana, but just seeing the life of this man and really the whole church, um, just it really challenges you, but um, that's who God is. Uh, he speaks, and then he follows through. He doesn't leave you hanging, and I love that. Um, so I just want you guys uh, to remember that, that um, the things that God's doing over there, yeah, they might sound far away, um, but God wants to do the same things here. He wants to speak to you. He wants to change your life. He wants to do crazy big things. Um, he wants you to not know how they're going to get done, and he wants to show up and do them. So I, I got a few more testimonies to share with you, and man, are they powerful. Oh, just quick story on this girl. She um, is new. She's um, a lady. Her name is Belinda. She wants to join Lifespring as well. She has her own church. 
she invited Reverend Maxwell, myself, and Amos to do another revival at her church. Um, we showed up. We were doing this revival. It was kind of normal as far as Ghanaian revivals go. But on the, I think it was the last night we were there, um, we were, I was speaking. I finished speaking. We were doing a time of ministration at the end, um, and I thought it was going to be finished. I said, okay, we're just going to pray real quick for about 10 minutes, and then I'm going to go to sleep. But that is not what God had in mind. Um, before we were getting ready to leave, um, Amos, and I know you've been hearing his name a lot, promise I'll tell you more about him, but he comes up to me and says, Jacob, I got to say something on the microphone. I said, yeah, what is it? We're wrapping up. I kind of, honestly, I wanted to get out of there, but he was like, I, God's just been speaking this word to me, double-minded. I have no idea what it means. I don't know why God wants to say it, but we're not getting out of here without me saying this word on the microphone. I said, okay, you, uh, I'll give this time to you. You do what you need, um, and we'll see what happens. And it was insane. He gets up there and he says, I just feel God has given me this word, double-minded. Uh, so if there's anybody that thinks this word is for them, we'd love to pray for you. Please come up front. And this lady comes up front. And again, this is something that I feel you only hear in stories or you read in the book of Acts. But you see it, um, you see it come alive. This woman, she was oppressed by something. Um, she was just, what she was saying in the local language, I couldn't understand it, but through a translator, she was just saying that there were things pulling her two different ways, and she, it was kind of violent. She was getting thrown around, but uh, the leaders gathered around her, put their hands on her, were praying for her. She fell over, was kind of on the ground, and you could just see this tension in her. But after probably 20 or 30 minutes of prayer, um, she got up, was sitting on a chair, arms spread out, crying, and just praising the Lord. And whatever was oppressing her was totally just cast away. Um, and it was all just because God gave one word to one man at the very end of a revival, and he just listened to God. And man, was that challenging and cool to see. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm not used to. Uh, we're not used to hearing it, but you, the look in her face after was like just such a weight had been lifted off her um, that you could just tell it had been bothering her for so long. And to just see the power of God move through that one word it wasn't the word that healed her, but it was the obedience of one man to one word, and then the faith to pray for 30 minutes um, just for this one girl uh, to be freed. And just stories like that, they, again, a lot of this is just challenging to the way that I live when I'm here. Um, I hope it challenges, but encourages you guys as well to just live a life just radically surrendered to Jesus and the things that he wants to do. Um, so now I do want to get into my best friend's Amos on the left, and that man, DeGraft, on the right. Um, so yeah, I want to tell you their stories. That's what um, God was telling me uh, to tell you today. As I was praying for what I should prepare, God just said, tell these guys stories, so you're going to hear it. This guy on the left, Amos, he was not even supposed to be um, in Accra. It is so amazing how he ended up there. Um, he is, so Reverend Maxwell is married to a woman named Sabina, and Sabina's brother is Amos. Uh, he was a mechanic for, I think he said three years, um, and they called him, because we sent a bus over there, um, I don't know how many years ago, I think you ended up driving it to Georgia, Sean. But anyways, that bus helped a lot, but it broke down, unfortunately. So Sabina, she says, well, my brother's a mechanic, I'm going to call him up, see if he can fix it um, before um, our missionaries get here, before Pastor Dan and I arrived. So he came over and said, I'll be there for one week, and then I have work. 
which, mind you, is not easy to get in Ghana. He had a job lined up with his brother, um, but he said, yes, I will come for this week, I'll fix the bus, and then I'm out of here. So he came, um, he fixed the bus, and um, Reverend Maxwell really was pleading with him, said, can you please just stay for a little longer? They just had a baby. He said, they just said, can you help watch the kid um, while we kind of get these guys acclimated? Um, and after what I understand was a lot of back and forth, he said, yes, I'll do it, and then I'll go work. Um, so, and this guy was not a Christian. He, he did not go to, ch- he grew up going to church, but he just decided to live um, another way. Um, and so staying in the church was kind of a big deal for him. And that kind of turned him off. He wasn't, wasn't really a church guy. But as he agreed to stay and help, Pastor Dan got up um, and he was preaching, um, whether it be on a Sunday or at a revival. I don't know when it was, but Amos told me that when Pastor Dan was preaching, he just felt what he called this wave of joy just start from his head and just go all throughout his body when Pastor Dan was preaching. And he said, all I knew was that that guy had the truth, and whatever truth it was, I wanted it. Um, and so, oh, I get so pumped up. He didn't go, he didn't take his job. He called his brother and said, I'm not going to come work. And his brother was like, what are you talking about? He's like, nope, I'm staying with my sister in Accra. And a week after Pastor Dan left, I actually, first person in my life I ever led to Christ. He came up. So, I'm, I'm so happy. He, he's such a friend to me, and now he's saved, and I will see him in heaven one day. And that just gets me so excited. Um, yeah, he, he was kind of a shy guy, as um, I'm sure Hannah can attest to. But he came up in front of the church um, and said, I want to receive Jesus. We prayed for him, and he was filled with the Spirit, filled with a boldness that was definitely not there in the beginning. I mean, this guy ended up, like I told you, he was the one who said, no, I have to go stand up in front of this church and say this one word that God spoke to me. And before that, he didn't even like talking about the Bible. Um, In school, they teach you religious studies, and he said he just tuned out. He said, I didn't even like talking about it when I was in school. Um, And to see him go from that to where he is today, he and DeGraft, and I'll use this to segue into DeGraft, they get up at 3 in the morning every day, They pray for two hours in the temple from three to five, and then they go preach at dawn um, at the equivalent of a bus stop. So where a large group of people gather, they just go yell on the street and tell people to repent and come to Jesus. And oh man, it was intense. So yes, so that's Amos' story. Um, There's so much more. And for the sake of time, I really, really want you guys, if you want to hear more stories, you can call me, add me on Facebook, email me, whatever you want. I want to share more stories with you. I'm limited to whatever time we have today, but there's so much more that I want to share with you. But I'm going to talk about DeGraft. He was the guy in the other picture. So this man um, came to our church, I think at the same time as the missionary team came. So uh, end of January, early February. The, the soccer coach invited him. But what was crazy, I found out about a month before I left he kind of told me his testimony. He said he was a little nervous to tell me in the beginning because it's pretty intense, and he was a bit ashamed, but he said he felt God uh, like urge him to tell me his testimony. So about a month before he came to the church, uh, this guy didn't have a job. Um, he had no money. He was hungry, and he was ready to join the occult in Ghana. He said, you know what? They promised me food, and they promised me money, he said, I'm just overwhelmed by this uh, just poverty 
and I'm just going to go where they'll help me out. Um, but so he got the phone number. He called him. They told him what he needed to bring. Um, his uh, guy he knew told him where the building was, and he actually took transport to the building, and then the voice of God said, no, I don't want you here. So he got back on the bus and left. And he said, okay, God, well, whatever you're telling me, you need to kind of show up because you know the reasons why I'm going here. I need you to change my life. So then this coach invited him to our church, and uh, he said, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, I'll do it. He came to our church a few times. Like I said, it was right when you guys were coming, so you might have met him in passing. But right after you left, um, he stayed a lot later um, during one of our, again, revivals. Um, and I was just talking to him, and I felt God just say, hey, give this guy uh, 20 CDs, which is like, honestly, the American equivalent of $5. Um, and I had it in my room, and God just said, just give this to this guy. And me, before that, I was always hesitant because I know people... Some people would come to the church just for money. That's just how it was. But God said, I don't care what you think. I'm telling you to give this guy 20 CDs. And I said, okay. I said, will you just wait here for a second? So I ran back to my room and brought it to him. I said, look, I'm not trying to buy members for this church, but God's calling me to give this to you. So here you go. And he broke down. Uh, tears came to his eyes. He said, thank you so much. And like I said, he's telling me this a month before I left. And he said, Jacob, I'll never forget that. That at a time where I was so needy, um, you just provided for me. And I was told him, I was like, that was totally just God. And he's like, well, yeah, in that case, it wasn't you. It was God providing for me. And he was so thankful. Um, and he, so he went from about to join the occult to preaching at 5 a.m., waking up at 3 a.m. I never, I'm not kidding, I never had a conversation with that man where he didn't say, you know what, Jacob, I just love God. He's so kind. He's so caring. He provides. He's so good. That's how we would start every conversation. A man who's about to join the occult like comes to the, a place of, I recognize that everything I have comes from God. That yeah, I don't have much, but what I do have comes from God. And he was just so thankful. And I'm going to get to this man in a second, but I want to tell you another story. So he had a cell phone. Uh, it was like a smartphone. Well, it got stolen. And yeah, he was bummed out, but he just said, well, I was in prayer and God told me he's going to provide another phone for me. And I was like a little worried. I said, yeah, okay. I didn't want him to get let down. You know, my just pessimistic mind at work, but he just goes, no, God's going to uh, bring me a phone this week. Sure enough, he, during one of his dawn preaching, somebody just says, hey, thank you for your time. I want to buy this cell phone for you. And he comes back. He's like, check it out. I knew God was going to do it. I got a cell phone. And oh, it's just so cool. And it's not like the story doesn't end there. So this phone gets stolen and he's bummed out again. He says, man, I can't call all these people I've been preaching to. How are they going to hear the word of God? Like, that's why he's concerned. And he goes, but you know what? God's going to provide a cell phone for me. I know it. By the end of the week, I'm going to get another cell phone. Sure enough, an unrelated person does the same thing, buys him a cell phone. And that's like not a normal thing to do. Like maybe you'll give somebody money as a gift, but two separate people bought him a cell phone and said, here you go for your time and your sacrifice. Um, and one of the, I think, so this man, I got to tell you about this man in the middle. I don't remember his name right now. It's kind of hard to pronounce, but he's a great guy. And DeGraft met this man through one of his um, preachings at dawn. He called it a dawn broadcast every morning. Um, but he met this woman who said, hey, I, my um, father-in-law, I believe was the relation. She said, you know, he's real sick. He's got this disease. Um, for five years now, he's been unable to walk without a cane or a walker, um, and I just want you to pray for him. And DeGraff steps up. He's like, yeah, I'll pray for him. 
where are we going? So the lady brought him to his house, um, and this man, he's sitting on the couch, like she said, he, had to, he needed help getting up and down, and if he wanted to move anywhere, he, he had a cane and a walker, um, and he lost his job for that reason. Uh, he had a pretty good job. The man was pretty well off. That's his house behind him, but um, he didn't have a job for the last five years. They fired him as soon as he got this disease because he wasn't able to move around. Well, DeGraft goes there, and for a few hours he spends in prayer. The guy just stands up off the couch. No walker, no cane, no nothing. He's scooting around the room like just the biggest grin on his face, and he couldn't believe it. And we went to visit him the next day, and he's sitting there, and he, he could speak English very well, and he says, Jacob, I don't know where my cane is, and I haven't said that in five years. And then he stands up, and any time we visited him, we were going to leave, he would go open the door because he just wanted to walk around. And honestly, it's the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. Ever, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's one of those stories that you just hear, but I got to see it right in front of me. Just the power of God saving this guy, um, just providing a miracle for him. And I, we just, all we could do is encourage him to say, you got to tell people this. Like, this is going to bring people to Jesus. That's going to save souls, what God did in your life. And this guy, he said, yeah, he invited us over all the time. He would always bring us, like, water. He wanted us to be so comfortable. But he was just so excited at what God was doing. Um, and I have such a hope and faith that through this guy's testimony, through what DeGraff did, and through me telling you that the story doesn't end there. Like, that story of God just moving in such an amazing way will change lives. That... Even here, I just hope it encourages you, and that stuff's real. That happens. God cares about people that are sick and hurting, and he wants to heal them. And I hope we believe that as a church. I hope we live that way. I hope every day we live believing that um, and looking for that, searching that out and seeking that out. Um, if there's anything I leave you with today, I just want you to know that um, what God is doing in Ghana, he, does not, he wants to do it here also. That's not something that's Ghana-specific. He wants to do these things in Edgewood. He wants to do these things in Milton and Fife. Yeah, they're small towns, but he still wants to just, he wants to change lives. Um, so I just, I hope these stories, these testimonies, um, I hope they change you guys. Uh, they've changed me. I know they've set me on a path that I never saw coming. Again, I just thank you guys so much as a church um, for sending me over there. Again, I know it was a risk, um, but I just, I'm so encouraged by your guys' willingness uh, to just follow the leading of the Lord, where it probably looked crazy, it sounded crazy, uh, but you guys all just said yes. You filled me up, you poured into me in my short time here, not even knowing me. You guys welcomed me in like family, and I'm forever grateful for that. I think there's a few more just fun pictures. That is Reverend Maxwell's little kid. Um, I got to see her take her first steps. That's Daniela, named after Pastor Dan. Um, <laughs> And on my very last day on the way to the taxi, she said my name for the first time. I know, I know. My heart melted. Um, but to be fair, she said Kelly's name first when they were there. That was just not fair. Um, and then the last one is just, this is when they were praying me out. Um, the, some of the leaders from the church, this was, again, during that appreciation service. And man, could you feel the presence of God there. Uh, just so many guys surrendered to the Lord. Um, it's all praying over me to send me back. Uh, just praying that I would come back in power, that God's Spirit would carry me over here, um, and that my testimonies would change lives. Um, so that's what I have. I want to say a prayer, and then I believe Pastor Dan's going to come up. So if you'd bow your heads with me. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you so much uh, for the work that you're doing. God, we thank you that you love us, um, that you came and died for us when we didn't deserve it, and now uh, you change our lives. God, we thank you that you work for our good. Lord, I just ask that um, just today, right now, in this moment, God, I just ask that you would call each of us um, into a deeper relationship with you. Lord, show us something um, that you have for us. God, I just ask that you would bless us in ways that we could not imagine. God, just show us that you care for us. I just ask this week um, that your spirit would speak to us so loud that we would have no choice but to listen to it. God, I, I just love what you've done in Ghana. I love the encouragement that you've brought um, onto me, and I just ask that you would spread that to this church here in Edgewood, God. Speak to the hearts and lives of these people. Um, God, encourage them for the support that they've provided, Lord, but I truly ask that you would remind them that you want to work here in just as mighty a way. God, you want to you perform miracles through us here. Lord, you want to you heal diseases. You want to just speak words of life over everyone here. Lord, and we love you for that. God, again, we just thank you for your goodness. Um, we thank you that you reach out to us um, and call us close to you. So, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.